Would you take your Bibles, my friends, take a Bible if you have one with you, and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, starting in a moment at verse 46. As some of you know, I have a a lovely vehicle that's... uh, about 16 years old, and uh, it is a lovely vehicle, especially when it was newer, and it still is. Uh, about a year ago, however, I thought, I thought that um, because it was approaching 400,000 kilometers, and mainly, mainly because, as you know, when the vehicles get older, you have to take them into the garage more often, which means ongoing repair expenses. How many of you have found that once your vehicle gets a little bit older, it just seems like you've got to repair it often? Is that, put your hand up, put your hand up. Uh, it seems like it's all of us, almost all of us, right? If you have a car that's old and you have never had to do any repairs, tell me which one it is, okay? <laughs> so maybe I can try to go with that one next. But anyway, about a year ago, I thought, okay, I'm just going to... Uh, keep my eyes and ears open so that if I find or come across a nice three to four year old vehicle that's in good condition with very low mileage, like under 30,000 kilometers, I thought perhaps that will become my next new vehicle. So just very recently, maybe it was just a couple of weeks ago, I was told about a vehicle with only 25,000 kilometers that was just under four years of age. And um, I went and picked it up, got some information on it. I went to pick it up to try it out, you know, test drive, and also see if I could park it where we live and so on. And one of the unique things about this vehicle, some of you might be very acquainted with this, one of the unique things is it has a lane departure safety system. I don't know what the full official name of it might be, but it's something like that. Anybody know? What do they call it? Lane departure. Sundasis, you probably know this. Lane departure. Um, in other words, it basically, it basically lets you know that when you're driving, especially on the highway, if, if you're not in the middle of the lane on the Highway 401, for instance, if you're getting too far to the left, too far to the right, there is a flashing light. A light comes on. A light starts to flash away to basically warn you that, hey, you're getting off track. You're not, you're not proceeding fully the way you should be. And then what I also discovered was that this vehicle, this vehicle had what I think is called a... Blind, help me out. Bill Hibbs, what is it? All right, I just want to see if you're thinking this morning. Yes, a blind spot detector or something like that. And, uh, and, and I heard, I heard that this thing called the blind spot detector, if you go to make, for example, if you're on Highway 401 and you go to make a left change to go into the left lane, and there's a car that 
right beside you that you don't see, I heard that this safety, this safety feature will actually start to beep at you. So of course, I took the, 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 the car out on Highway 401 and I thought, let me test this out because these new features have been kind of new to me, although some of you have probably been exposed more to them already. So I took it on the highway and I thought, Wow, isn't this, isn't this wonderful uh, uh, from a safety viewpoint? Now, I want you to know, normally when I'm driving, I stick between the lines, okay? I don't have a problem staying between the lines. Some of you might, but I don't. So, I was on the highway, and then I thought, let me test this, this lane departure feature. And so I thought, uh, deliberately, go start to move towards the left line. Guess what? Flash, 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 flash. Oh, okay. Got myself back on course. Then I tested that out several times and I was very impressed that it really did work. And then, and then um, several times when I knew there was a car basically in my blind spot uh, to, to, to my left a little bit, I thought, let me put the signal on as if I'm going to make a change to the left lane. So I put the signal on. Guess what? It not only flashed... It, it flashed and it went beep, 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 beep. And I thought, wow, wow, this is neat. It's, a, it, it's actually, I thought, a, a helpful, practical safety warning system. And I was thinking of how those features and some other features that they've been putting into cars in recent years are designed, are designed to help us stay safe. They're designed to help us stay on the right path, stay on the right road, so to speak, or the right highway, the right path of the highway that we're intended to be on. And as I thought of that, I thought, you know, as I read the Bible and I discover many, many wonderful truths, the truths that God has in the Bible for us are oftentimes like a guidance system. Uh, they're, they're, the, the truths are intended to help keep us on the right path, keep us on the, on the straight path, on the best path, on the safe path. And so in, in recent weeks, in recent weeks, I've been leading us in an Easter series called Days Before the Cross and the Resurrection. And more specifically in this message, in this message, our, our theme is how, how to live, how to live and how to stay on that path that is really best for us, that is the wisest and the safest. And for those of you who are wondering, if I bought that car... The answer is, no, I didn't. I came, I came this close, this close, but, but I had just spent, I just spent a bunch of money on my old car to get it replaced. Uh, not replaced, but to get it repaired. Uh, for that reason and one other reason, I thought, oh, I better not uh, at this point in time. So, anyway, I tell you that just in case some of you are wondering. But if, if any of you are looking for a beautiful, excellent car, and for about half the price of a new one, only 25,000 kilometers, I'm not trying to sell it to you or anything like that. Uh, I, I still kind of miss it, but that's another story. Okay? But anyway, I want, I want us now to look at <clears throat> Matthew 26, beginning at verse 46. Verse 46 actually takes us 
to the closing moments of when Jesus was in, in Gethsemane, in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the Thursday night, the night before the Friday when Jesus was crucified. And here is what verse 46 says. <clears throat> Jesus speaks and he says, Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. So betrayer, Judas, and those that went to arrest him arrive in the Garden of Gethsemane. And verse 47, and even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you, you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled to describe what must happen now? Then Jesus said to the crowd, am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. At that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this part of your Holy Bible. Lord, I pray, I pray that you would touch each life, each heart, with some specific truth that will accomplish for all of us what you wish for that truth to accomplish. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. How to live. We discover some very helpful and important truths as to how we ought to live from the scripture passage that we just read. And the first truth, the first truth I wish to direct your attention to is this. Be unusual and abnormal and show love even towards those who mistreat you. That is one of the truths that stands out, that comes out as I reflect upon what verses 50, 51 and 52 declare. The 50 says, Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him, but one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear, Put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. What I want us to notice, by the way, just before I say this, I, I realize that when I stated this point, be unusual and abnormal and show love even towards those who mistreat you. One of the problems with speaking is you can't take 30 minutes to explain every statement, but when I made this point, be unusual and abnormal, uh, don't anyone go away. Don't go away saying, oh, Pastor Nick told us today in church to be abnormal, to be weird, okay? 
When I say abnormal, I'm really mean be unusual and uh, very different how people often react or live. That's, that's what I mean, okay? I, I want you to notice the love, <clears throat> the love which Jesus shows towards Judas. As Judas and the mob approach Jesus to seize him and arrest him, what does Jesus say to Judas? What does he say? Does Jesus say, Judas, you lousy betrayer? Does Jesus say, Judas, you useless disciple? Does he say, Judas, you faithless follower? You helpless hothead? You greedy grouch? You selfish sinner? Does Jesus say something like that? Or worse, and you just gave the answer. No, no, notice what Jesus says in verse 50. Jesus replied, my friend, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Think about, think about his reply. My friend. Friend, and I say to you what love is oozing out of Jesus as he speaks those words. And you know, I can imagine, I can imagine that that one word, I can imagine that one word, friend. I can imagine that one word, friend, resonating, resonating in Judas's mind. I can imagine Judas going away and, and, and thinking, thinking, and just saying to himself, he called me, he called me friend, 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 friend. Look at what I have done to him, and he has called me, he's called me what? Friend. And later, sadly, Judas committed suicide. I wouldn't be surprised if he was whispering that word, friend, 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 friend. I want us to notice not only Jesus' love towards Judas, but notice also his love towards one of the other men involved in arresting him. In his attempt to protect Jesus, Peter sliced off the ear of the servant of the high priest. Jesus could have said to him, <laughs> you know, Jesus could have said to, um, to the gentleman whose ear was cut off, he could have said, you know what? Peter has a bad aim. He could have said, it's, it's too bad Peter only cut off your ear. He should have cut off your head. And the heads of all the others who came to unlawfully mistreat me and arrest me. That's what Jesus could have said. But he didn't, did he? No. Instead, he told Peter, he told Peter to put his sword back in its place. And if you read the Gospel of Luke account of what happened, Luke 22, verse 51 says, Jesus answered, no more of this, no more of this, and he touched, he touched the man's ear and healed him. 
Isn't that beautiful? He touched the man's ear and healed him, Neville. Beautiful. Beautiful. That is showing love towards those who mistreated Jesus. And really, you know, Jesus was doing, he was only doing what he had preached earlier because in the Bible it's recorded in Matthew 5, 43, 44. It says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, Jesus said, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And Matthew 5, 46, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And not even the tax collectors, are not even the tax collectors doing that? The story is told of a holy man who was engaged. He was engaged in the morning meditation under a tree whose roots, roots stretched out over the river bank. During his meditation, he noticed, he noticed that the river was rising and a scorpion was caught in the roots and it was about to drown. The scorpion was about to drown. The man crawled out on the roots and he, he reached down, he reached down to free the scorpion. But every time, every time he did so, the scorpion struck back at him. Scorpion struck back. Another observer came along and said to the holy man these words. He said, don't you know that a scorpion uh, don't you know that's a scorpion and it's in the nature of a scorpion to want to sting? To which the holy man replied, that may well be, but it is my nature to save. And must I change my nature because the scorpion does not change its nature. May the Lord help your nature and mine to be one which shows love, yes, even towards those who perhaps mistreat you. Amen? Is there an amen in the house? Amen. Now I believe you more. All right. I want to, in fact, commend, commend and express appreciation to many of you who are continuing, who are continuing to show love towards someone who has wronged you. Some of you, some of you have been mistreated or are being still mistreated by your ex-husband or ex-wife, by your father or mother, perhaps, or brother or sister, or some coworker or some other family member. Others of you have been mistreated perhaps by an, an employer or someone else. It has been very difficult. It has been very difficult for you to keep showing love towards someone who has mistreated you. And I want to congratulate you. I want to congratulate you for persevering because you, you are walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Did you hear that? 
You are walking in the footsteps of Jesus as you have been showing unusual and abnormal love even towards those who have been mistreating you. Now here's some other good news. As I'm talking about this truth today, I believe others of you, others of you are saying, Lord, Lord, with your help, with your empowerment, dear God, I am going to start to show love towards that person who doesn't deserve it, perhaps, who has been mistreating me, perhaps, but I will walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Amen? Amen? And so that's our first beautiful truth as to how to live that we want to focus on today. Here's the second marvelous truth. It is this. Why don't you read it with me from the big screen? Be careful not to carelessly say or do things which you might later regret. This comes to my mind when I read verse 51, for example, which says, But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Peter suddenly sliced off the ear of the high priest's servant. It is the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verse 10, that tells us it was Peter and that the servant's name was Malchus, M-A-L-C-H-U-S. Uh, Peter, Peter often acted before thinking. He often said things and did things, which later I am sure Peter regretted. Do you know people who have often, or at least sometimes, said things and done things which later they regretted? Any of you? Any of you know people like that? Any of you people thinking of yourself? Yes, we've got some honest folks. The truth is, some people speak before they think and other people act before thinking. Peter was a man who often spoke and acted before thinking and I am sure that he had many regrets. In another place in the Bible, in Proverbs 15, verse 28, it says, Read it with me from the big screen. A good man thinks before he speaks. The evil man pours out his evil words without a thought. And so the question is, which man or which woman are you? Am I? Be careful not to carelessly say things to your family members or friends, to people at work or at school or here at church. Be careful. Sometimes over the years, sometimes over the years, I've heard people proudly say things like, well, Pastor Nick, I I just say, I just say whatever comes to my mind, that's just the way I am. Hmm. That may be the way you is. 
That's not proper grammar, by the way. I know that. That may be the way you is, but God says, what? A good man. That's also referring to you, <clears throat> to you women, to you women as well. A good man thinks before he speaks. The evil man pours out his evil words without a thought. Which man or woman are you? Am I? Not only should we be careful not to carelessly say things, say things, but as well, we need to be careful not to carelessly do things which we might later regret. Peter, I am, I am pretty confident, later regretted that he sliced off the dear man's ear. He probably went off in the corner and said, oh dear Jesus, thank you, thank you for putting that ear back together again. But what, what might be some of those things be that we have to be careful not to carelessly do? Well, here are just a few of them, and you could add to this list. You would probably think of even a lot more. Teenagers, teenagers, sometimes, sometimes you might feel like dropping out of school. When I was in high school, I remember different uh, students, different friends sometimes telling me or saying, well, you know, they were going to drop out of high school. Sometimes you may feel like dropping out of school. Don't do it. Stay in school. In today's society, you need all the education you can get, and then some. At least I should hear a few more amens from those of you who are teachers and principals and work in schools. Amen? Students, students, sometimes you might be tempted, tempted, not that you would do this, but sometimes you might be tempted to cheat on a test or exam. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's not the way to please God. Young people and adults as well, young people, on occasion you'll be tempted to have sex before marriage. Don't do it. Wait until you are married. Wait. Wait. Those of you who drive, drivers, on occasion you might be tempted to speed or make careless lane changes or to talk on your phone or eat a hamburger and drive at the same time. What was it? This week I was surprised on the news. They were talking about some gentleman the police pulled over. In one hand, he, I, think, I think he had a hamburger. The other hand, he had his phone. And he was talking, I think they said, to his wife. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what they said about how he was steering. Or maybe that was the problem. He wasn't able to steer. You know? All of us who drive, we, we have to practice good, good, excellent driving skills like Dr. Lisa Otar. Amen. Thank you. I was just waiting for a little amen from Pastor Lisa. All right. Be careful not to carelessly say or do things which you might later regret. And of course, you could add to this list uh, maybe at lunchtime with whoever you're having lunch with. Maybe you can talk about some of the other ways in which this truth applies to you or to your family. Let me take you to a third truth, a third truth today, and it is this. Read it from the big screen with me. Be a blessing when you can, if you can, and how you can. 
This truth came and comes to my mind out of uh, the verses once again. For example, verses 50 uh, and following. Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. One of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Verse 52, put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword, and so on. And so we see Jesus being a blessing. In, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, verse 51, it says, Jesus answered, no more of this, and he touched the man's ear and healed him. And what is beautiful is here Jesus saw Peter cut off the man's ear And Jesus could have said to the man with a cut off ear, he indeed could have said, well, if you hadn't come with this mob to arrest me, you would still have your ear. Too bad, so sad. He could have said that, but that's not how Jesus responded. Rather, he touched the man's ear and healed him. Jesus saw there was an opportunity to be a blessing to the man, and he healed him. Now, you and I obviously don't have the same power to heal someone just as Jesus did. But may Jesus' example inspire you and me to be a blessing. To be a blessing how? When you can, if you can, And how you can, say it with me, to be a blessing when you can, if you can, and how you can. Amen? You might not be able to heal like Jesus, but perhaps you can drive someone to a medical appointment. You can give someone a ride to church, as some of you are doing. Or maybe you can go and visit someone who is ill in their home or ill at the hospital. On another occasion, Jesus fed over 5,000 hungry people on a hillside. Perhaps you might be able to bring some non-perishable groceries for our church's food pantry from which we help people who need food. There's so many ways of being a blessing. When you can... If you can, how you can. When Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked his disciples to stay awake and pray with him, but repeatedly they fell asleep. Jesus could have become very angry with them. Instead, he chose, he chose to show love and patience towards them. And it's possible that the best blessing you might be to someone is to show them love and patience even when they don't deserve it. Jesus' response of healing the man with a cut-off ear can be an inspiration to all of us to be a blessing when you can, if you can, how you can. Amen. This past Valentine's Day, my wife gave me a a little gift of goodies. 
You see, my wife and I are romantic. <laughs> We're more romantic than you might realize. Everyone go, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, I might hear about this from my wife afterwards. <laughs> so anyway, my wife gave me this little bag of goodies. I wasn't home when this happened, but my wife told me, Cindy told me about it later. Yeah. Ethan, listening, are you listening to my story, Ethan? <laughs> yes, he is. But anyway, um, I guess it was a couple days later when I was not at home. Our little three-year-old grandson, Yanni, Yanni was over at our, at our place. And he happened to come across the little bag of goodies. So our three-year-old grandson took the bag, went over to Grandma. He calls her Nana. And he said, Nana, can I have some of these, please? And my wife said to him something like this. My wife said, Yanni, those are your papas. And little Yanni said, Nana, Papa always shares. <laughs> and I know Papa would want to share these with me. And Cindy said to him, you know, you're right, Yanni. Papa would want to share them with you. So yes, you can have some. You only gave him one? What a stingy grandmother. <laughs> I got to teach her about sharing. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you can be a blessing when you can, if you can, and how you can, just by sharing. Even just one. <laughs> Share a little, amen? Amen. Let me take you quickly to a fourth truth, and it is this. Reminding yourself that you are in the center of God's will can help you to persevere through many hardships. Uh, this truth comes to mind out of verses 52 through 56. Jesus had full confidence we discover when you just study those verses, Jesus had full confidence that he was in the center of the will of his heavenly Father. How can you and I, how can you and I be in the center of God's will? Well, here's, here are some initial steps. We can be, come, and get to be in the center of God's will to begin with by repenting, repenting of your sins. By believing in Jesus, in Jesus as your Savior and Lord. By surrendering all that you are and have to the Lord. By continuously saying, Lord, thy will be done in my life. Thy will be done. In the book of Genesis, we read the story of a dear man named Joseph who was sold into slavery by his own brothers was later thrown into jail because of the lie of a woman who said he tried to rape her and he did not. There were also other wrongs done against Joseph, but he persevered through many hardships. 
And when you read about his life, you discover, you discover that one of the main reasons why he was able to persevere was because he knew, he knew that he was in the center of God's will, even though there were many things he didn't understand as to why they happened. Joseph was in the center of God's will. I want to say to us, whether you're younger or older, keep yourself in the center of God's will, and it will help you to persevere through many hardships. Dante, Dante said, in his will is our peace. George Truett said, to know the will of God is the greatest knowledge. To do the will of God is the greatest achievement. A.T. Pearson said, to go as I am led, to go when I am led, to go where I am led, it is that which has been for 20 years the one prayer of my life. May it be your prayer and mine as well. Amen. And think upon this fifth truth with me. Seek to be consistent in your behavior. In verse 51, Peter shows fantastic courage as he cuts off a man's ear and is even willing to take on the mob. All right? So, you know, he's, he's just right there. He cuts off a man's ear. He's willing to do battle with the, with the crowd, with the mob, with those that came to arrest Jesus. A few minutes later, however, verse 56 says, look at verse 56. Look at verse 56. The last part of it says, at that point, all the disciples deserted him and what? And fled. At one point, he was, he was committed. At another point, even Peter deserted Jesus. There was a lack of consistency. I want us to realize, my friends, I want us to realize the importance of consistency in all aspects of life. Here's a little example. In the past 35 years, there, there have been at least two automobile companies that have grown incredibly in North America sales, in terms of sales. 35 years ago, they had only a, a fraction of the North American car market compared to now. Today, they are dominant players in a very competitive automotive market. And how did that growth happen? How did that growth happen? The main reason has been consistent, consistent quality. You and I, have, you and I place a high value on consistent quality in our cars. In fact, the next car I get will never break down. My wife says, praise God. Here's some practical areas of your life and mine in which this truth of consistency is very relevant. Very relevant. How consistent are you in controlling 
your tongue. Now, some of, some of you are just thinking, I'm glad you said that, Pastor Nick. My wife needed to hear that. Or I'm glad you said that one, Pastor Nick. My husband needed to hear that. Maybe all of us need to hear that. That's right. Here's another question. How consistent, how consistent are you and I in controlling our anger? Oh, man, I'm glad you mentioned that one, Pastor Nick. Oh, yes, 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 I'm glad he needed to hear that one. She needed to hear that one. Thomas Jefferson said, when angry, count to 10 before you speak. If you are very angry, count to 100. Here's another thought. How consistent are you? How consistent are you in carrying out your commitments, responsibilities, and promises? How consistent are you in helping and encouraging your own family members? How consistent are you in giving, giving tithes and offerings to the Lord's work? How consistent are you in living a life that pleases the Lord? How consistent are you in your devotion to Jesus? How consistent are you? Some of us know that chorus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. That, that, that beautiful chorus talks about consistency. Consistency in our devotion, in our commitment to Jesus. No matter what comes our way. Seek to be consistent in all aspects of life. So here we are. Here are the truths that we have focused on today. You see them as a summary on the big screen. Be unusual and abnormal and show love even towards those who mistreat you. Secondly, be careful not to carelessly say or do things which you might later regret. Thirdly, be a blessing, say it with me, when you can, if you can, and how you can. Number four, reminding yourself that you are in the center of God's will can help you to persevere through many hardships. And number five, seek to be consistent in your behavior. That's how we ought to live. Do you get it? Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for the incredible, helpful truths that we're able to discover from a very painful part of your Holy Bible, from a very painful part of Jesus' life before the crucifixion. And of course, the agony of the crucifixion reminds us of how faithful Jesus was to his task of paying the price for our sins, dying on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for us so that we do not have to pay the price, so that we can inherit the gift of eternal life and a place in heaven. Lord, empower and help each of us to live out these truths and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.